So we will go through some of, of your questions, a few of them. Here we have one, one question, is that uh, when the Buddha says birth is suffering, leading to illness, aging and death, he appears to be speaking from the point of view of the child, not the parent. In reference to what you said about transpersonal psychology last Saturday. For the parents, a birth provides the opportunity to learn and practice metta, compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity. What do you think? Oh, can we choose to be a parent instead of a children, of a children? So there are many aspects to, to the question and uh, first is uh, uh, whether we are uh, a child or a parent, is birth suffering or not? For sure, it seems that the, the child, most of the child when they get out of the womb, they don't seem to, they seem to struggle a little bit. And uh, about the mother, I think that before when they didn't have the, 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 the refined painkiller, that we have nowadays. <laughs> Some mothers, they say that, no, luckily we are able to forgive because uh, we will <laughs> never give birth again. I don't know, but this I, I heard from some women. <laughs> and also from uh, the point of view of the fathers, I don't know, but uh, uh, they say that uh, even there, you know, although sometimes they are not watching, you know, the operation, but uh, just hearing the wife crying, or, you know, or the, 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 the drama of giving birth is, is almost uh, most traumatizing for the, for the father than for the mother. I'm not sure. It depends, but uh, some, some say like that. So, anyway, uh, birth is a suffering, according to the Buddha. So, this is one way to see it. Whether we are a parent or a child, it seems to be the same. But also the Buddha is speaking about two types of birth, like the two types of, birth, of death also. So we have the momentary death and also the conventional death. The same thing with the birth. We have the, the conventional birth and also the ultimate, the, 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 the momentary birth. That is, every time, every moment there is a rising and passing away. So birth is always there, all the time. Now, there is a rising. There is, there is birth, there is, there is life, and then also there is passing away. Moment by moment, it's like this. So, when it's birth, actually, it's not, the, the, it's not the, on, on the ultimate level, it's not just the something arising out of nothing. It's, it's the same continuous process. And, and, uh, and uh, then it, go, it goes from, from birth to, to, to death. So, uh, birth also is the, it's almost the same as death. Because death, uh, birth is not as uh, is, is not more fun than to die. So die, dying also is if we look at the the, 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 the the ultimate dying. That is, we are dying every moment. So actually, if we look at it in that way, then death is not more uh, catastrophic than uh, than uh, than anything else because it's always uh, uh, it's always there in our life. 
So also when we see that uh, the child, you know, whether he, he likes it or not to be born, then when he dies, he will still be in that uh, in that same choice. So or the parent also when they are when they when they become old and they die, then they, they become the child, you know. So uh, what? So also if we compare it to what I said, you know, about that uh, psychology that is called transpersonal psychology, it is just a kind of uh, dynamic that we have between the, the, the type of relationship that we have in our uh, human life encounter. So sometimes we have the attitude of a child, sometimes we need reconfort, we need affection, and so we relate to another person with uh, you know, that type of uh, immature or, or, or young uh, uh, mind. Sometimes also we can relate as a friend to friend, you know, just on, a, on an equal level, like adult to adult, and also sometimes the relation that uh, uh, we can have uh, like a parents and child is not that uh, uh, the child uh, it is a, a parental uh, relationship that is the person is uh, is uh, taking care or the person is very much um, uh, seeing for the growth of uh, the other person so uh, this is the, this is what is meant with that type of uh, uh, transaction transactional uh, psychology So I think also that the Buddha was a parent. I'm not sure if he was a child so much. Maybe he had a very, uh, uh, he will have that uh, quality of spontaneity that we find in children, or also he will have the innocence that uh, we find in, ch in children. But in general, I don't know if he will have the, <laughs> if he will need actually to, uh, to, to have the, the dynamic of a child. So uh, when we see his life, his life was mostly a relationship of uh, of child of uh, of parent towards the the students, the parents towards the compassionate humanity. So the, the the not only the humanity but all beings in the universe. He was so much more developed that uh, he was always seeing that or seeing them as a out of compassion in the same way as a, as a parent will see uh, his his own children. Yes, we can choose to be parents in, instead of uh, children, but this will not uh, uh, this will not affect the truth of uh, of suffering that we see in birth. Here, a question. In regard to the Visuddhimagga section, then you mentioned the, the chapter 4, which address the preparing for a jhana sit. So uh, instead uh, of writing it down, I brought, the, I brought the book with me. So there, uh, this is referring actually to, you know, the, it is uh, somebody, they, they here they say that uh, if someone wants to practice, like the, 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 the reference is in regard to the uh, 
starting the Kasina practice. So then he says how the, the person sh uh, should do, how he, he should prepare the seat, etc. But actually, uh, the reference is, is, regard, is, is in regard to the mental setup that the person has to put, you know. So the person has to reflect and review the dangers in a sense desire and uh, you know like uh, the the bring little enjoyment and everything like this and uh, uh, and then he should be longing for the escape from the sense desires for the renunciation that is the means uh, to the surmounting of all suffering and then he should next arouse joy of happiness by recollecting the special qualities of the buddha the dhamma and the sangha then, oh, by thinking now, this is the way of renunciation interred by all the Buddhas, Pachika Buddha, and noble disciples. And then in eagerness, by thinking, in this way I shall uh, surely come to know the taste of the bliss of seclusion. After that, he shall open his eyes moderately, apprehend the sign, and so proceed to develop it. So uh, here, the question we have is, do you do each of these every time, or only as needed? Uh, it depends, like uh, when we start uh, the day or from time to time, we can uh, be sure, you know, just to uh, bring ourselves back to the motivation why we are doing the, the, the meditation and the, what is the, 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 the aim and to, to be, uh, to orient and, and to direct uh, our mind towards our goal and then also to get the motivation. So. Uh, these, these all concern the, the aspects of motivation, like if we have, uh, we know now this is the meditation is going to bring me some kind of uh, peace of mind, clarity of mind, and then thinking that uh, this is a noble practice and then just bringing good qualities that, uh, that is inspiring us. Uh, it is a kind of uh, supporting the meditation that is to follow. So if we don't have it, you know, or at least sometimes in the day we can reflect uh, on this, these types of things, but we don't need to uh, to do that uh, all the time, just when it is needed. You know, so the, the other reference that is asked here is in uh, another place in the same book. Uh, Here also they say that uh, when a meditator enters upon a jhana without first completely suppressing loss by rev reviewing the dangers in sense, desire, etc., then also uh, you know without surmounting, uh, without uh, first completely tranquilizing body bodily irritability by etc. You know, so that means here the person is uh, sure deal with the basic five entrances. If the five entrances are still there, then the person has to, to deal with them properly so that uh, when the, 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 the jhana is to be entered on, uh, when it is actually uh, in the process of being in the, in the jhana, then there is no disturbance by these entrances uh, so much. Whereas uh, if somebody has uh, not done these, uh, these kind of warm-up and uh, and uh, reflection, <laughs> then uh, the jhana will not uh, last very long. Like here, like they say, like a bee that has gone into an unpurified hive, like a king who has gone into an unclean park. So, uh, some people don't need to uh, 
to do that because uh, the mind is uh, is clear enough and uh, the mind will not be disturbed by the hindrances. But uh, sometimes, uh, if the hindrances are powerful or if we are very uh, disturbed by external conditions, then uh, before jumping or before aiming with a lot of uh, enthusiasm and a lot of uh, strength towards jhana, uh, too fast, then we can slow down a little bit and then reflect, uh, you know, just uh, have a, a period of transition between deep uh, states of concentration that will, that could also be uh, arrived at by willpower hmm, or uh, just go in a more moderate uh, speed in, in, the, in the sense of understanding uh, what is going on and also uh, discarding what is not uh, what is not suitable by uh, by merely understanding the entrances themselves. So uh, it should be done from time to time if the entrances are, are uh, overpowering. Some time ago, there was a question about emptiness, which you postpone. Will you please return to the question sometime before the end of our retreat? Yes, I have the intention to uh, to talk about that and and uh, try to have a whole topic on on that subject. That's why I did not develop it uh, last time. Here, the, a question about the upeka is the tatra majat tatra synonymous with the upeka. So the word tatra majatata is used uh, uh, for a type of equanimity that is relating to the equanimity attached or being comprised in the Sankara Kanda when you analyze, you know, if you look at the books, you know, uh, the five Kandas, uh, then you have the four Namakanda and then the Sankara Kanda is divided. You have the volition, the first one, the Chetana, but also you have many uh, other uh, uh, mental factors, uh, other uh, mental concomitant, Chetasika. So among them, there is the Chetasika of Tatramajatata. And uh, the meaning of the Tatramajatata actually means remaining here and there in the middle. And uh, it is the same uh, as the word upeka, but uh, the here you know, like I have the book. So in the Visuddhimagga, in the chapter again, in the chapter four, if you want to have the complete reference and read it uh, on your own pace, then on the chapter four and then the paragraph 167, uh, they give about uh, maybe a dozen or about 10 types of equanimity, 10 types of uh, upekka. And uh, in brief, you know, uh, I will say the year, the first one is the six-factor equanimity. You can, maybe, maybe you can read about it later, the details. I will just give the name and whether you understand the relationship or the meaning. Well, you can ask questions if you are interested, but now I'm not going to deal with it. So the first one is the six-factor equanimity. That is the equanimity that is uh, in relation to the sense impact. So because we have six senses, uh, a person who is very equanimous will not be disturbed by that. And uh, the, the, the often that uh, 
that type of equanimity is for a very good meditator. And here this is an arhat, but also it can happen with when the, 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 the insight practice is very good. So the second type of equanimity is the equanimity as a divine abiding, the, the Brahma, Uyara, Upekka. And then the third one is the equanimity as an enlightened factor, the Upekka, uh, Bhujanga, Upekka, Bhujanga, yeah, Upekka, Bhujanga. And then the other one is the the equanimity of energy, upeka, the Viriya Upekka, then after that you have the equanimity about the formations, the Sankara Upekka, and uh, uh, then you have the equanimity as a feeling, Vedana Upekka, then equanimity about insight, then it's a type of Vipassana, you know, a Vipassana type of uh, Upekka, and then the equanimity as a specific neutrality. And here, the, the meaning of this one is actually, the, the, the translation of this one is Tatra Majat Tata. Then another equanimity is the equanimity of jhana. Like, uh, all the jhanas will... Uh, uh, all the jhanas uh, have that type of equanimity. Yeah, this is it. So this this type the tatramajatata is uh, is with all the the jhanas, and then the other one is the purifying equanimity. Uh, this the this last type of equanimity is actually the, the equanimity of the of the fourth of the fourth jhana. So here the tatramajatata type of uh, equanimity relates only to. Um, to about uh, uh, the sixth factor equanimity, that is the first one, then equanimity as a divine abiding, equanimity as an enlightened factor, equanimity as a specific neutrality, that is tatramajatata uh, as such, then equanimity of jhana and purifying equanimity. So uh, these six types of equanimity are one in meaning, that is equanimity uh, as a tatramajatata, and the difference here is the, it's a difference of a position, it's a difference uh, of a function. Like the difference in a single being, as a boy, as a youth, and an adult, an adult, then a general, a king, and so on. Like uh, the difference when uh, somebody is a boy, and then when he grows, and then when he becomes an adult, and then eventually if he is in the in the position of being a general, then he become or he can become a king, and, and also so it's the same boy, but the, the boy is uh, using is uh, is uh, uh, having different types of uh, function. So this is in relation to tatramajatata, is the same with upeka with uh, slight differences. Here, could you describe the experience of Sankara Upeka Jnana? So, <laughs> so this is, I, I have to use a simile. So the books, they say that uh, the Sankara Upeka Jnana is like a man who has just divorced his wife. <laughs> so, uh, you can imagine how 
how it can be, or maybe a wife or so has divorced uh, her husband. I guess the 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 the, 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 the economy <laughs> will be the same. <laughs> so, like like, I mean, I don't say that you should divorce or anything like that. It's just that sometimes this happens, you know, especially nowadays. <laughs> so just uh, just to say that uh, that's the this is the experience. Like uh, if somebody. For example, is reattached to another person, like uh, like uh, somebody who has a very lovely wife, and then he's just in love, you know, and then he's so attached that uh, whatever the, the the wife is doing, then he worries, and then he is very jealous also when some other men are speaking with her or whatever she is doing, then he he is shaking all the time because he is afraid of uh, of losing her. So. Uh, the attachment is is something that is uh, troubling him, you know. But uh, after sometimes, when he finds uh, some deficiency and some faults, and uh, eventually, if he divorces, then after that, uh, <laughs> after that, he would not care anymore what whatever the wife <laughs> is doing. Uh, you know, he, he would not he would not mind at all. So this is the Sankara Pekanyana is like this. Uh, the person sees. The formations, but actually, it's not about somebody else. It's, it can be also about somebody else, but uh, it's the attachments that we have with ourselves. We are so much in there with this lovely eye that uh, whatever is happening to 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 that eye, we worry. So this is this is the meaning. So we are actually, you know, applying for a divorce with this attachment we have towards ourselves. So. Actually, when we are no more attached to 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 this uh, construction of us, then the feeling is a, is a, is detachment. The feeling also is a, um, uh, well, it is different. It is a kind of indifference. You know, it's a kind of indifference, but uh, it's a, it has the feeling of uh, aloofness. And also, they say that uh, the sankara upeka is. Uh, uh, it is leading, or it has the the, the function to uh, to recoil or to retreat from the three types of uh, becoming. So, uh, like the becoming, like at Sankara Upeka, then you see that uh, you see all the formations. You know, you see them as nature, dukkha, and anatta, and then the more you look at it the more you get disgusted because you see the faults and the disadvantage in that. So at a certain point, you, 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 you withdraw from them and then you are so much kind of uh, disenchanted with the old story that you, you don't incline for becoming. So the three types of becoming that, uh, that, you, that, that is uh, spoken about is, uh, is easy to, uh, to, to figure out, like uh, we have spoken about the, the three planes of existence. Hmm? The, the the kama uh, kama uh, kama bumi or kama vachara, you know the sense fear uh, loka the, the 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 world of sense of the senses so with all the sense pleasures and so you have the the, the kama bumi then rupa bumi and then arupa bumi so. Uh, we can connect our mind with this, uh, with this level of consciousness, with these fears, but also there is a, a kind of becoming involved. So all the time when we are doing things, 
uh, that energy is leading us towards one of these three locas. So the human world, like if we are attached to the sense, uh, should life or the, the, the life of the senses that we find in, the, in this uh, uh, plane, then the becoming or the, the inclination will be to, 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 to be again, you know, and enjoy the life. So uh, some people uh, enjoy more the, the, the bliss of renunciation and also the bliss of, uh, of the jhana. So this type of bliss is also a type of becoming, it's a sphere of consciousness. So uh, the person can be very attached to that or can incline his mind towards uh, attaining these, uh, these states of consciousness. So this is uh, the second type of becoming, bhava. And then the third type also will be the, those who are attached to the immaterial uh, states of mind. So their, their, their uh, tendency will be to, to incline towards uh, these types of, uh, of becoming. So anyway, uh, somebody who, uh, is having the, who is experiencing the, the state of Sankaropeka will recoil from these types of becoming, just like uh, false fetter, you know, if you put the, 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 the or a turkey, you know, the, the feather, if you put it in the fire, or also they say like a tendon or maybe a piece of line, nylon, you put that in the fire and then it, it will not spread, it will just recoil on itself, so it will not spread with, uh, you know, it, it will recoil, it will retreat. So this is the, actually the side effect of the Sankara Upeka. Uh, last, uh, I think, like last Saturday, there was a question regarding the Adayavatu, you know, the Adayavatu, and also uh, if it was the same, like uh, we talk about the, the 18, 18, 18 types of elements, and then I said there, that, that there was a six classes of, uh, of three. So when it came to the, 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 the mental class, then the three things that, I, that were uh, spoken about was the Mano Vijnana and then the Dhamma, uh, Mano, Dhamma Ramana, Mano Dhamma Ramana, I think, anyway. And then the third one was the Mano Datu. Mano Vijnana Datu, Mano Datu, and then Mana Ramana. So uh, the question was in regard to to the uh, to the adayavatu if it was the same. So uh, the term adayavatu is a term that uh, can refer to the to the heart, the physical heart, as a base. So uh, sometimes also the mind, mano or chitta, can, as we have. Uh, looked last time also, it can also uh, be uh, uh, parallel or also it can be called adaya. So like we say we have somebody in the heart or so the mind is associated with the heart but not necessarily with the physical heart. And uh, this also location in the heart of the mind is very old, you know, like even before the Buddha, they were uh, seeing the seat of consciousness as being located in the heart. But the term uh, adaya was to actually does not even exist uh, like in the in the Buddhist tradition and the commentaries. Uh, the heart forms uh, the, ba the, the 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 physical base of consciousness, and uh, but the, the Abhidhamma they don't say that uh, 
such a base, uh, the, no such a base is ever localized. And uh, the, the term that we find in the, uh, in the Abhidhamma for the location of the mind is, uh, or this physical support for the mind, is the, they say that material thing based on which mind element, manudatu, and mind consciousness element function. Yang rupang nisaya manudatucha manuvinyana datucha vatanti pang rupang. So, so they don't say especially that it is related to the heart, but anyway, you know, uh, the thing is that uh, it's uh, it's a physical support. It is not used in the way of. Uh, being the intermedi- intermediary to, to process uh, some sense impression. Like the eye, if you don't have the eye, then the eye function, function cannot uh, operate. So you need the eye, and then you need the, 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 the physical uh, material form so that, uh, so that the eye consciousness is operating. So be, if you have the five senses, it's the same thing. If you are touched, then if you don't have a body, then you cannot know, uh, the body consciousness cannot arise. Same thing with the, the smell, and then the mouth, and then the ear. But actually, for the sixth sense, it's something different. So the sixth sense is something purely mental. So the mind does not need a physical base to function. Like, but because they wanted to put a location of the mind, then they say, no, no, the mind also has a, has a base. And they, they, locate, they, they, they call that base Adayavatu. But... Uh, for those who are uh, analyzing the rupa kalapas, you know that is uh, asked by uh, this type of method. Then uh, we have seen also last month uh, that uh, the adayavatu as such is not uh, what is called uh, a clear or a translucid uh, type of kalapa. That is like the eye or the senses, the five senses. They they they, they play the role of doors, so they are translucid. So they, they it, it's like uh, tran- transparent. So through the door of the, 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 of the five senses, then the object is reflected. But uh, the Adayavatu is not a, a transparent type of, uh, it's not a translucent type of, uh, of uh, material uh, kalapa. It is opaque because it is just a, a physical support. It's not, uh, it's not a sensitive, uh, it's, just, it's not a sensitive uh, uh, materiality. Here, obviously this is a huge topic, but could you briefly summarize the differences, view practice-wise, between Theravada, Mayana, and Vajrana Vajrayana Buddhism. Also, what does the term Inayana mean in this uh, context? Uh, well, unfortunately, it will be, first of all, like it is said, it will be too long to differentiate and also to explain the difference. And uh, I am not a scholar, so I don't want to make a mistake. And then I would not elaborate uh, more than that. If you are interested, too, you just can pursue, you know, you can pursue your your study uh, with a book and uh, you know it will be much more precise than what I will be able to give you. But uh, nevertheless, I want to remind you know that uh, 
where the Buddha taught is just an handful of leaf. And then what we are practicing now, we are, we are trying to, to understand about ourselves. And also we have some tools also to develop, you know, like the tools to develop samadhi and then to increase the power of our mind. And also we have tools to, to analyze the, the experience in itself. And uh, so we have a lot of material to, to investigate about this phenomenon. So what the Buddha taught, you know, and also uh, did the Buddha belong to any of these schools? Like uh, in, in the course of history, then, uh, uh, you know, development of uh, Buddhism came to be uh, incorporated and also came to be integrated. So you have different uh, types of uh, Buddhism, different types of schools also in, in Buddhism. And they all have uh, some types of difference. But basically also, the, you know, if it is uh, connected with Buddhism, then the Four Noble Truths uh, will be something essential. And the, in all the types of Buddhism, Four Noble Truths are there. So as long as we are able to uh, get uh, satisfaction from our practice, and also as long as uh, our practice is oriented towards understanding these Four Noble Truths, I think it is enough. And also, uh, when we are practicing, also the the the, the, the how to say the perspective or the view that we have on life is different is also evolving. And then, with our practice, with the maturity, we are adopting or we are uh, encountering types of experiences that sometimes cannot be described, or sometimes also they are described in uh, in various traditions, but not in the same way. So. Uh, by emphasizing uh, the experience, I think uh, it's also uh, very valid. But uh, if someone is interested to see the differences, it is worth investigating. What does Sampajanya uh, means? So Sampajanya means uh, it's uh, pajan uh, Sam can have many. Uh, Signification, but also it can have the signification, signification of full or complete. And pajanati is uh, understanding, and also it is the same, uh, you know, the same root as uh, as panya. So uh, the English translation normally will say full understanding, complete understanding, or clear comprehension. So this is the normal translation. But uh, what it means also, uh, I think we have uh, surveyed a little bit uh, uh, what the commentary explained about that. And uh, the commentaries, they, they, they divide uh, the, the clear understanding in four types of, uh, of uh, classes. And the first one is uh, to the full understanding of uh, the purpose of what we are doing. So it is the purpose of uh, our verbal actions, uh, our physical actions, and also our mental actions. So somebody who is having mindfulness should uh, also associate that mindfulness together with uh, the understanding, the comprehension of what the person, what we are uh, aiming at when we are uh, doing uh, anything physically, verbally, or mentally. And then the second type of uh, clear understanding will be the full understanding of uh, uh, the suitability. So if we are, what we are doing, you know, uh, is suitable or not suitable. So there is a kind of discrimination there, just a kind of uh, of reflection that brings us uh, 
uh, a choice and also that brings us uh, uh, the possibility of uh, discriminating what is uh, suitable and what is not suitable in the, in the way of actions. And then the third type of uh, clear understanding will be the clear understanding of uh, uh, the domain. And uh, this is called the Gochara Sampajanya. And the domain here, mostly it can relate to the domain of uh, going for alms, food, or you know, the physical domain. But uh, uh, mostly the clear understanding, the, the clear, uh, the full understanding of domain is uh, referring to the domain of the mind. That is, with what are we feeding our mind? And this relates mostly to, well, to all types of meditation, but also to the uh, samatha practices that uh, we are doing. Whatever meditation subject we are uh, and maintaining our mind with, this is the, the, the we have to be uh, very mindful, mindful ab about what we are feeding our mind with. Uh, Gochara means the pasture for the cows. So, uh, so uh, our mind is sometimes like a cattle. And then the fourth type of full understanding is the full understanding uh, about uh, Asamoa Sampajanya, about non-delusion. So when we practice Vipassana, then the non-delusion uh, is the predominant uh, perspective, the predominant type of uh, perceptions that we will have in regard uh, every types of phenomenon. So the more we understand uh, deeply the truth of uh, reality, the, the more clearly we see the things as they are, and then the deeper also we, we see the things as they are, then uh, the more we get uh, free from delusion. So this full, of, this full understanding of uh, of uh, delusion is the fourth one, and uh, it relates to the to to our mind when we uh, practice or when we are in a state of uh, developing the insight meditation. So here, uh, a little bit uh, parallel question regarding amoa. That means. Uh, lack of delusion points to seeing ultimate reality as seeing things as they are. How does practically one live a life in the relative reality of things, yet without moha? Does one have to switch views back and forth all the time? So maybe oh, Maybe we don't necessarily to switch back and forth views all the time, but uh, uh, it is just that we have a, a little bit more tools in, in our uh, toolbox. So there is more possibility to adapt uh, what we need to do. Uh, there is more adaptability to the potential of our mind. And uh, we don't need to always have views or not always, we don't need to have always the perspective of, of ultimate reality. We can also function in a, in a very conventional way. And this is, uh, you know, the example of uh, people who are actually without delusion. It doesn't mean that uh, they are always, uh, they are just dealing with uh, other beings uh, as if they see them uh, as a, you know, a bag of bones or a bag of uh, uh, subatomic particles. I think uh, 
maybe an example of that will be like a scientific who is a, a researcher and a, the person who is a microbiologist. So if the person spends the days looking at microbes, you know, in, the, in his laboratory, then he has a perspective of the world very different than the normal uh, reality that we all have. So that person, when he goes, uh, you know, to uh, back uh, to his uh, family or when he is dealing with other people, will he see others as just uh, full of microbes <laughs> or just a, a, a germ carrier? Well, he may he may be able to see or to diagnose or to see the potential and uh, you know to, to, to have that perspective in regard to uh, external reality. But nevertheless, he will also have the possibility to uh, uh, to just to act as a, as a normal person. Same thing with an astronaut. You know, the person who has gone, uh, those who are uh, who have who have had the experience of uh, uh, space uh, traveling, then uh, the experience they are having is uh, very different than uh, the normal day-to-day uh, -day life, you know. So uh, these people have a, a worldview very different than, uh, than the normal people who don't have uh, that, uh, that uh, perspective, that cosmic type of perspective. But, but it doesn't mean that they cannot function on a very uh, human uh, level. It means that they have the possibility to, to see the world in a different uh, angle, in different angles. Yes. But also the advantage of, uh, of uh, the lack of delusion that we are talking about, the Hamoa, is that it's a mental uh, thing that we can control. So it's a mental development that we have within ourselves and we don't need instrument and also we don't need uh, to, to be in a different place. It's something that we are able to, uh, to, to, to deal. It's something that we are able to, uh, to adjust according to circumstances. So the adjustment, this is what is the, uh, the, 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 the advantage of uh, developing uh, Asamoa. So also the Asamoa, you know, the freedom of delusion will be not only, I think, on the ultimate reality, but also on a very, sometimes, uh, psychological uh, reality. So the people who have no, no delusion, they will also understand human nature, they will also understand many aspects of the conventional reality that we find in, in the day-to-day -day, uh, life. So, but it doesn't mean that they like a, if they talk with someone and they know that the person is cheating, it doesn't mean that they will be full of anger towards the person because, the, because we know, because the person knows that the, the person is not honest. Although we may know that the person, the other person, is not honest, still we can treat it. We can treat the person in a, you know, in a human way, so that the person realizes uh, dishonesty. So it's like this. There is there is always the adjustment. Another question is, what is the ego? So. Uh, just, uh, it depends on the perspective that uh, we see the question. What is the ego? And you have seen that uh, there was a book, you know, a few decades back that was published, uh, and uh, it's about the origin of the I, and by uh, by a Canadian philosopher, very thick book. So they they they, they wrote about uh, more than uh, 800 pages about what is the ego. So. I'm not going to develop it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it depends also on which perspective we look at it. Uh, but uh, on the on the Buddhist perspective, then 
the ego is a, is a, we can say it's a creation, like it's a concept. So what what do we define that? What do we define as the ego? What do we define as a, an, as I? So de- depending on the definitions we give to the process of life and to the process of individual striving, then uh, then we can come with a definition of the ego. But uh, the aim of Buddhism is to understand reality and also to understand the process and not necessarily to destroy. It is to understand. So uh, Buddhists, the, sometimes they won't say that there is no ego. Sometimes the Buddha would not necessarily say that there is no ego, and also he would not necessarily say that uh, there is ego. Because depending on the way we look at it, then we could come to a wrong conclusion. So, uh, what would the Buddha say is that he would speak about conditions. So, uh, whatever concepts we may have about something, the Buddha will give a different perspective to look at these things. And uh, with the concept of an ego, then he will say, okay, now, what do you call an ego? And uh, on which uh, base do you uh, come to, to that uh, uh, term? So, uh, so anyway, what is the ego is a really a big question. But if we, it depends how we look at it, you know. So if the ego is a problem, then we have to understand what it is. And even if it's not a problem, we can also understand it, try to understand it. Your question is about when the layman attained a hardship, he or she must get ordination, otherwise that person should die in one day, I heard so. Could you explain the rational or logical reasons, or is it mere tradition of Theravada? Mm. Uh, I don't know really, but uh, in the Buddhist, in the, tra- in the Theravada tradition, they say something like this. But actually, uh, I think we, we should also see it uh, symbolically in the sense that uh, somebody who is uh, having that uh, stage of realization will not be inclined so much to uh, to lead the life of a uh, worldly life. So. Uh, then they say that uh, the person will ordain, but uh, uh, whether it is symbolic or not, you know, I think when you are at that stage, you should decide. (laughs) Some traditions, Buddhist or not, teach dream yoga practices to train oneself to be aware that one is dreaming, to meditate while dreaming, to change the direction of one's dreams, to visit places or planes we wish, etc. Is there such kind of a specific teachings in Theravada tradition? And what did the Buddha say about dreams or dreaming? So uh, in Theravada uh, tradition, there is no specific teaching about that. But uh, if uh, we look at the uh, at the teachings, you know, the Buddhist teaching in general, whether Theravada or Mahayana or whatever, they teach about understanding the mind. But also they teach not to be cheated, to understand the mind fully. So. 
as you all see, the more we practice and also the more the layers of what is called unconsciousness become clear. And also the, the need for the sleep also becomes a little bit less. Or also the clarity that we are having when we are uh, sleeping is also uh, enhanced. So that's a fact. And uh, also some good meditators, they will be able to control their mind when they are sleeping. And also they will be able to control their dream or to control at least the orientation of their mind. This is a possibility. So, uh, so in that case, it may not be a dream. If it is a consciously oriented, then it means that the, the person is in a, in a state of sleep, but, uh, but the mind is, uh, is still active and the person has a control on the activity of the mind. So uh, I think a good meditator will be able to keep a continuity uh, so much and so well that uh, even the, 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 the states of uh, sleepiness or the state of, of sleep will, uh, will be uh, very conscious and also will, be, uh, will, will bring some kinds of uh, possibilities to, uh, to work with. And also the planes like uh, here, in, the, in, the, in these types of meditation, uh, you can change the direction of your dream, so a good meditator will kind of be able to to do that because the person will be uh, aware of the types of dreams, you know, also to visit places or planes we wish. Also, when we look at the at the, the potential of the mind, we see that the mind it's a very interesting phenomenon, and the mind also is a very powerful phenomenon. So. Uh, one thing that uh, we realize when we are meditating is that uh, we have to be very careful with what we are thinking, isn't it? Because what we are thinking actually is influencing the whole world. I mean, at, at least some of the environments, so not only our actions, but also the, the thinking that we are having can have, can have some kinds of influence. But also, uh, when we are meditating, we see that uh, the more we think about something, the more it has chance to uh, realize itself. And they say also, like, uh, you are what you eat, but uh, in Buddhism, it's there, but also you are what you think. And then the more you think about something, the more you become what uh, you are thinking about. So, uh, what we are thinking about, what we are feeding, you know, in the, in, in, in the states of, uh, of sleep is a, has a kind of relevance. And also what is happening to the mind when the, when the, the, the body is at rest, uh, it's, a, it's a kind of mysterious, uh, you know, uh, exploration. And uh, it's difficult to see what is happening there. So what did the Buddha say about uh, dreams? Uh, I think it's in the, in the Anguttara, or I could not find the exact uh, reference, but uh, they say that uh, there, were, there are four types of uh, dreams that uh, we can have. So there is one type of dream that uh, made you because of uh, indigestion. So suppose you eat a very big meal, you know, and then you have difficulty to process it, and. <laughs> You late, uh, you ate, uh, ate late in the evening, you know, like in Europe. So you go to bed and your stomach is full. 
and uh, then it's going to influence your dream. So you may have dreams because of uh, the, 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 the process of digesting your, your meal. So this is one reason. Sometimes you cannot control that because it's, too, it's so gross. And uh, then there is an also another type of dream that is uh, uh, the normal dreams that the psychologists are talking about. You know, the dream is uh, conditioned by the daily activities. So the, the dream analysis is that uh, uh, the daily activity we are involved in, in in our normal life needs to be digested, it needs to be processed. So the night is normally uh, a kind of recuperation or a, ty a type of uh, a kind of process where all the information you have uh, gathered during the day is going to be uh, uh, processed and also uh, selected, you know, for for uh, for the for information so this type of reprocessing of uh, the the day's uh, activities is uh, is also uh, uh, having is also can also bring dreams mm. so this is a second type of dream that is spoken about then there is also a third type of dream that can be uh, brought about by devas that is by uh, some uh, psychic uh, energies around, you know, that, is, uh, that can influence the dream. So other types of beings that we are not seeing, they can come into your mind and then also they can produce a dream. So you can dream things that, that have been actually prompted by other beings. So the Buddhism is uh, speaking about these, uh, these possibilities. But, uh, uh, you know, just a warning is that uh, uh, it's not because uh, you get dreams by the angels and the devas or the deities that it's a good dream. Sometimes the deities can also be very tricky and they like to play uh, uh, jokes to you. So be careful about <laughs> that type of dream. Mm -hmm. And then there is a fourth uh, type of dream that is uh, that uh, you, some of you may have experienced, but uh, it's, a, uh, it's a visionary uh, type of dreams. And uh, I don't know how it is coming about, but... Uh, the the mind or what is the cause uh, I don't know but it's a, it's a vision it's a, you, you 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 get dreams about future huh? also the the dreams can be symbolics so uh, this is something that is uh, that is not denied in Buddhism and uh, I think no we have time so uh, hmm? I did not bring the book. I wanted to, you know, in the Anguttara, there is a, uh, they describe uh, five types of dreams that uh, the, the Bodhisattva, you know, the Buddha before his enlightenment, he had five types of <coughs> dreams. And uh, uh, if I remember properly, uh, one dream is that uh, he was big as India, you know, so he was lying down on, uh, you know, on his, uh, on his back, but actually his whole body would cover the whole uh, land of India. And then the first dream, I think, was he had a, uh, he had a plant, or a, t a big tree sprouting from his navel, and then it went to the heaven, you know, a big tree starting from, the, from his uh, navel. And then this is a symbol of, uh, he explained the, the, the symbol as, actually the Buddha himself explained it as a symbol of, uh, that he will be, uh, leading a spiritual life and uh, explaining about the Four Noble Truths and also he will be uh, like a tree, you know, for the whole universe. And then another, another, another dream that he had is that uh, there, were, there were 
he was again uh, lying down, you know, on the on the continent of uh, India, uh, and then he had full of white worms uh, climbing on him with black head, and uh, then they say that uh, this will be the uh, is uh, the, the the followers who follow, who will follow the the. the <laughs> So sometimes you, do, you know, if you look at the, the translations, sometimes they don't they don't give that translation because they say, huh? we are worms." <laughs> so they say they, they 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 polished it a little bit, you know, and they say insects. Well, I don't remember, but it's not as a pejorative as as worms can look. <laughs> so anyway, it's just the small uh, beings that that will climb uh, or that will cling to to his uh, to his body. So it's just uh, in, in relation to the many disciples that, that he will have. <laughs> then I think he had another dream. I forgot. Now I said only three, but anyway, there are five. You can look in the uh, Anguttara. Yes. I have brought also, you know, just to give you a perspective of dreams. Then I, I, I brought a quotation about the dreams, but not at all Buddhist. So I will read it to you. You don't need to, to listen, but anyway. If there were dreams to sell, merry and sad to tell, and the crier rung his bell, what would you buy? <laughs> so... Every we are creating a world, isn't it? And then, what do we want? What uh, what do we want? What do we entertain? So the dreams is uh, sometimes we say that a life without the dreams is not uh, is not really uh, positive or it's not very really fruitful. But also the dreams without uh, without reality or without uh, realization is also uh, not useful. So we can use. Uh, you know, a little bit of uh, creativity, but also choose which, what do we want, you know, and then uh, to, to, to improve uh, the direction that we are uh, giving to our own mind. But also to see that, well, we, are, we, we, we can create also, uh, we can create reality by our uh, work. So, uh, I think this is all for tonight. <laughs>